James, I know you probably can't hear it, but Alex's belly's over here making all these noises. I actually noises. did hear it. I, I heard You'd, it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to keep it in the podcast. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll keep that in. <laughs> Alex's weird belly rumbles. <laughs> Hi, guys. What's up? Hey. My gosh. My... Well, we have a we have a fourth co-host today. My <laughs> <Yeah>. stomach. <laughs> oh man! Uh, you guys, welcome to the Thirteenth Floor Podcast, starring me, Cece, me, Alex, and me, James, and me, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys! How, how have you guys been since we last recorded? Like yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah. We're recording them. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Our next. Episode, I guess. Well, fairy tales comes out on Thanksgiving, but this is coming out the week after. Yeah. We can't record next week because we're going to be too busy uh, stuffing our faces with turkey. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Mm. James, do you have any exciting Thanksgiving Day plans? Not really, but the the turkey thing and the the stomach growling did make me think of an anecdote. I have no <laughs> idea why, but in high school, <laughs> I didn't have much of an appetite. And what? I would just eat a Butterfinger bar and a Dr. Pepper every flipping oh, day when I was 15. My gosh. Every day. And for whatever reason, we had history class right after lunch. My stomach would make the weirdest, most inhuman noises. And I was always too embarrassed <laughs> to tell people that it was my stomach. So people were just baffled. Like, like they were just absolutely like, what is that noise? They couldn't tell it was coming from me. But it would, it would just be like... And like, is there a baby in the school somewhere? Like it was just insane. Your and stomach never, was cursing you out for that yeah, terrible and I meal. I never that you told ate. people. Yeah. So, so what you're telling me is that all of your old pals from high school are now like, oh, it all makes sense. Yep. That I was the I was the haunted noises that that happened in history class every day. So you, so you <laughs> and Alex, you guys' bellies would probably have been best friends. Oh, way back in the day <laughs> <sighs> well you guys what are we talking about this week on the podcast you're just hoping james says it so yeah you yeah to. exactly <laughs> uh, okay the, the jet loaf pass yeah the d- t- loaf pass <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're talking about uh and we'll go into the full details here in a minute in case you're unaware of what it is listeners but uh before we do that we need to do a an icebreaker yes Mm-hmm. Um, James already shared with us his weird belly story, but <laughs> I think that, um, and this, I guess in my brain, the only reason this one comes to mind for me is because it has to do with travel and there's some mm-hmm. traveling in our story today. Mm-hmm. So if you guys had an opportunity to go live on Mars, would you go or would you stay home and why? Stay home. Stay home immediately. You don't want to know what's on Mars. Uh, there's nothing on Mars. It's uninteresting to me. <laughs> <laughs> We've got wow. a, a true man that's of science matter, over here. That's a very matter of factly. Yeah. Mm. What about you, James? I have a feeling I know what James would say. Yeah, you probably yes. right. I would. I would go. Yeah. Put put me on the rock. I don't care if there's anything there waiting for me or not. Agreed. He wants to yeah. go terraform 100%. Mars. And yep. We're not ready to terraform. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. Even if I die, you know, be the first person who dies on Mars. Checkmate. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good news is we have a third co-host. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> Alex's belly. <laughs> I, you know, I I'm sorry. Now, now I'm just picturing James on Mars eating a Butterfinger bar and drinking a Dr. Pepper. All he was lonesome. Oh, I, I probably wouldn't go. I don't think that I'm brave enough, but... James, you would have to be up there with a little, you know, like in the movie The Martian, how he, he can look at his little TV screen and communicate with people back on Earth. Yeah. Uh, That'd yeah. Be, have to be James. He'd have mm-hmm. to communicate it with it. Mm. Communicate with us. Yeah. And maybe we could, that, that would also be history making, have the first galactic podcast. Interplan- interplanetary podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interplanetary podcast. Yeah. So That we listen, know of. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, science. Yeah. Any scientists who are listening, because I'm sure we've got so many. If you're working on the trip to Mars, hey, you've got to volunteer. Not me, but James. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'd I'd be a weenie. I couldn't do it. Send them. Send them. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Uh, you guys, listeners, I think it's time to talk about the Jit Love Pass. Did yeah. I do it right? Did I do you it did. right, James? Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> I'm not going to say that too often because the other name for it is what is it, Alex? The Devil's, the Devil's Pass. The Devil's Pass. Yeah. J- J- How did you say it just a second ago, James? The Devil's Pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So I'm going to start us off, and we haven't really given much background on this. So hmm. I, there might be some listeners because I, I had never heard of this story until James. Hmm. James, I remember you randomly telling this story to Alex and I years yep. ago when we were at El Rancho Tapatio in Lexington, I think. <laughs> wow. Very, very yeah. like, specific. Very specific. Well, hmm. I just remember – we remember, you guys, we sat at that little table there for, like, two hours. We just – discuss conspiracy theories oh wow that's right yeah oh yeah that's right oh, that it should have been a prelude for why we did this yeah i forgot about that dang i know that's why when i was reflecting back on the good memories that we've all had together as pals for pals. it's seriously when did we when did we, we meet you guys 2008 10 2009 it's been 10 years we've been wow. friends for a decade you guys Hey, James, what do you think of that whole uh, 10 years challenge that everyone's posting on Facebook? I didn't even know about it. What, what am I doing? People people are posting a picture of themselves in 2009 and then side by side with 2019. Well, James oh. has looked the same for the last 100 I was, I was years. Say, so. I could do one from uh, 1609 and now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but James, it just makes me think because I remember once you told me that you thought that it was a conspiracy theory. With Facebook just mining people's photos to cl- uh, to add yeah. to the database of facial recognition. Yeah, was well, I think that was true. Yeah, yeah, everything I say is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, let's get back to the Jetlove Pass, the Devil's Pass. We're gonna take a step back in time for this story because James, Alex, I know you guys know when it took place, but our listeners might not know. The year is nineteen fifty nine. Everyone's just minding their own business. We're here in the States, sewing two extra stars on our flags as Alaska and Hawaii. We're officially named States. Ooh. Yeah. People around the world were fawning over the cinematic masterpiece of Sleeping Beauty. Throwback to last week's episode. Ooh. And this is off topic, but I gathered this little tidbit of information while carrying out my research. But do you guys know what the average life expectancy was in 1959 for men and women? Uh, what, 1959? 1959. Uh, You're both, you're both, I mean, James, if you were on The Price is Right, you would have won. Average life expectancy for a man in 1959 was 66.8 years. Oh. 73.2 for women. But that seems pretty low for me for... 1959. Well, good news is life expectancy is actually going back down. So we'll be back to back to those times <laughs> in no time. Yeah. <laughs> right now, these this year, it's 78.6 years. But anyways. Really? Yeah. So, okay. We're in 1959. We're on a snow-covered mountain called Kolat Siakshla. <laughs> we're back to... We're back to... I'm the, excited for you to be doing these anything. James, do you know how to pronounce that? Uh, I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's Colot but I could be wrong. There we go. He, he needs wrong. a sip of uh, vodka first yeah. before he can start. Yeah, there we go. But let's be honest. We don't know what he's drinking right now. Okay, mm-hmm. and we're in the northern Urals of the Soviet Union. And when I picture the weather conditions, I see the huge snowstorm like in Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Like oh, that's man. the weather. It's just like snow blowing everywhere. Big old dragon snowflakes falling from the sky. But anyways, so a group of nine hikers, mostly students and graduates from a local institute, decide to go on a ski hiking expedition starting on January 27th, 1959. They want to travel about seven miles to a mountain called Gora Oroten, another one I can't pronounce. But a massive snowstorm hits on February 1st or 2nd. They can't go any further and they have to stop and make camp at Kolot. Shackle. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, according to Snopes.com, which is where I got most of my information for this this topic, Kola Shackle means dead mountain. Well, that's not good. Yeah, I know, right? Mm -hmm. In the indigenous Mansi. How do you say it? Is it Mansi, James? 
I think it's Monsi, Ma- but I could be wrong. Monsi language. And Goro Otorten means don't go there. Oh. So these snap. mountains don't have good names. Yeah, these, peep- these peeps had to have known the journey they were getting into was not an easy one. But they were all experienced hikers, and they were ready for a challenge. They were living life on the edge, right. which I've got to respect. Because you certainly will not see me snoking. You will snoking. snoking. What's snoking? <laughs> Sounds interesting. Okay. Uh, hiking. You will not see me hiking <laughs> on a snowy mountain anytime soon. I'll be honest. That that actually sounds like a good portmanteau for that term. If you're hiking in the snow, you're snoking. Snoking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just made up a new word, you guys. But the leader of the group, who's a 23 year old radio engineering student named Igor Jotlov. Of course, he was. Which is where the area and the incident draws his name, obviously. He was basically the leader, and he compiled this group of hikers, originally 10 people, eight guys and two girls. The 10th member of the group turned back pretty early on because he had some health problems, and when it started to snow, he was like, I'm not going to be able to go any further. So he went back home. So, Mm. lucky for him. But, spoiler alert, you guys, in case you are not familiar with this case, everyone in this group sadly perishes. Under very odd circumstances, which is why we're talking about it on the 13th Floor Podcast. That's right. If you die normally, you won't be talked about here. No. So, <laughs> this group never, they never make it to Gora or Atorten. Don't go there, mountain. And people start wondering where they've gone. And Jotlov told colleagues that he was in a telegram when he reached their destination. And when that message never came, at first people were like, oh, you know, they're on a mountain. They might be running a few days behind. They're hiking, you know pretty far but then it you know the time just kept going and the hikers family members started to get understandably worried and that's when they called in search and rescue (sighs) okay you guys searchers first found the group's abandoned camp with most of the people's belongings still inside kind of the tent it was basically ripped apart and investigators said it appeared that it was cut open from the inside out which makes no sense at all so, so they're in this like seriously like super snowy, dangerous blizzard type conditions, and then they just cut their tent from the inside out and then flee. Well, well, oh okay. We're talking about theories in a minute, you guys. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but a lot of the hikers' clothes were left behind, as were most of their shoes. So they found all these footprints around, and it looked like people either had like one shoe on or like no shoes on. But the footprints led investigators. A short distance away to the forest's edge. In there, they found the remains of a campfire and, sadly, our first two hikers. <clears throat> now, these names, guys. Uh, Krivonyshenko and Doroshenko. Those two are pretty easy. But both were only dressed in their underwear, nothing else, which, obviously, they were delirious with hypothermia. So that's actually one of the final stages, which I didn't know much. Like, I mean, obviously I know about hypothermia, but I didn't know all the stages. You stripped down. Yeah. Sufferers will undress because their nerves have gone numb and they feel hot. And so they start taking their clothes off, which I guess. It's counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Paradoxical stripping, they call it. Yeah. So I'm making that. That makes me sad. That makes me really sad. So those were our first two hikers. Three more bodies were found shortly thereafter. Those of Jotlov. Kolmogorova and Slobodin. And they were kind of scattered, like, it looked like they were trying to make their way back to the campsite when they, investigators think they died while they were trying to make their way back to the tent. And investigators believe all five died from hypothermia, which seems fit the scene. Like, that totally makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Temperatures were said to be negative 13 to negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit. For all of our international listeners out there, that is negative 25 to negative 30 degrees Celsius. So it was insanely cold so the remaining four hikers you guys this is where things get a little weird searchers would actually not find them for four months so from the time they found the first first hikers to when they found the last victims or i keep wanting to call them victims but we don't know really what happened to them i guess it depends on what killed them yeah but get this they were buried under 13 feet of snow which makes me go how did they find these people if they were buried under 13 feet of snow well you take a little hair dryer out there, <laughs> slowly melt the snow. Makes me think of that scene in the uh, space balls when they're like literally combing the desert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, these these hikers, they were wearing more clothes than the others. Probably the clothes from the other victims. Like it seems to me like these the, the other victims passed away and then they took their clothes to try and stay warm. But the four others 
had some very odd injuries. Three were found with major skull damage and two others with major chest fractures. Yeah. The the weirdest thing is that with injuries like that, you'd think there'd be some type of like soft tissue surface area evidence of the injuries, but all the injuries were said to be internal, which is very bizarre. And I hate this next part. It's a little graphic and upsetting. So listeners, if you've got a soft stomach, what was it? Was it a soft, <laughs> soft stomach? stomach. What's it called when people get sick easy? Weak stomach. A weak stomach. <laughs> soft stomach. <laughs> oh, you got a soft stomach, you guys. Uh, one hiker, Lujmila Dubanina. Yeah. Her yeah. Tongue. Yeah. She was missing her tongue, her eyes, parts of her lip, and a fragment of her skull. Hiker Semyon Zolotaryov was missing his eyeballs. Investigators determined that these injuries occurred post-mortem, too, which is mortifying. Well, it's better. Well, actually, I think I was better after the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're I, you're right there, but it's just like I guess, I guess for me the mortifying part is that something happened to these people, like obviously post mortem, but yeah, it's just what happened. Yeah, animals, animals, animals yeah, probably. But the the last piece of super weird information for you guys: clothes on one of the hikers was found to have high levels of radiation, which. I think one of you will be talking about. So what the heck happened, you guys? Investigators initially suspected the local Monty people. Uh, they suspected that they might have had something to do with it, but they determined this likely wasn't true as they could only find footprints of the hikers, really. And none of the hikers' bodies seemed to indicate any sign of struggle. So if if the indigenous people were to attack them, it would at least look like they fought back, but there's no sign of struggle at all. And at the end of the day, investigators ruled that the hikers were killed by, quote, a natural force that they were unable to overcome. Yeah. After this incident, the pass was closed down for three years, but you can visit now again if you want, I guess. And all (laughs) of the evidence and case files for the investigation were thrown into a secret archive, which when something like that happens, obviously rumors are going to come come about. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and this is where I'm I'm going to pass the the torch off to you guys in just a second. But I read that there are 75 theories as to what happened, so you guys have a lot to cover. There's a lot, and I'm only covering one. Yeah, Alex is only covering one. Seriously, he went he went down a rabbit hole. Well, he I mean he went down a rabbit hole, but no, I, in this an odd is way. like yeah. But in fairly yeah. recent news, though, before I just pass on the torch. In February of this year, Russian investigators reopened the case to kind of see if they can figure out what happened. But they only said they'd be investigating the three, quote, most reasonable explanations. And that is that it was either an avalanche, a snow slab, or a hurricane. So, mm. that's where... <coughs> Wait, they said... See, I, I had read that <coughs> avalanche had been ruled out because that area was not known to ever have avalanches. So I'm more shocked by a hurricane. Like, what? Yeah, I know. Hurricane, <laughs> of all things. Well, I looked at the at the map, and it's not... That's what This is what it said on online, in all the articles. Sounds like a cover-up to me. Yeah, to be honest, it, this whole thing stinks to high heaven. Yeah, there's a, there's a yeah. lot of... Um, a lot of odd things and i read some of the some of the theories and alex do you want to talk about your radiation theory first and then we'll let james yeah so <coughs> you did mention that there was you said that there was one person with strange radiation. that's what i saw on snopes i well, believe what i saw was that there was two with like higher levels like they're not they weren't like lethal levels but two had higher and then there was like little abnormal radiation levels on all of them that's what i read but James, you probably know more about the radiation levels than I do. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really pay attention to the radiation because you were talking about how interesting it was, so I left <laughs> it to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, <laughs> this is a testament to what I ended up focusing on instead, okay. kind of. And I was trying to... Okay, I'm going to start from the beginning. Okay. But I'm not sure exactly how the radiation that... At least some of the skiers had on them affected them. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell, no one's given a good explanation for why they would have this. Uh. And I start looking into it and I found like a really interesting bit of history. And this is, this is a rabbit hole. Like this is, this is the most like I'm creating a conspiracy to 
explain a conspiracy. Okay. <laughs> but I spent a lot of time on this. He did. So, but it's actually leads led me to this really interesting piece of history that I had never heard of. Uh-huh. Which, okay, you all heard of Chernobyl or maybe Fukushima? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I think most people have. So. What I didn't know was that apparently, like many disasters, there's a scale of severity. And it's the INES scale, which is International Nuclear Event Scale. Yep. And it goes from zero to seven. Fukushima and Chernobyl were sevens. But there's a third biggest nuclear disaster to ever happen that happened in Russia, unsurprisingly. At Kistham, it's called the Kistham Disaster. Probably mm. Kistham Disaster. I don't know how they say it in Russia. But it's ranked six on the INS scale. That's pretty big. And well, the INS scale, I was looking into it. If what moves it up a category, and essentially the INS scale is the impact on local people. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the scale of the disaster, it's the scale of the disaster relative to people in the area. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So what happened at the Kissam disaster? Well, the, the facility, this is a facility built in 1945-48, and a bunch of these scientists don't really know a whole lot about nuclear physics, and thus nuclear safety is not a priority. Is it, I just, I'm picturing Homer Simpson <laughs> sitting behind his... The way this, the way this all on. happens, <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty much that kind of laziness is what leads to all these problems. Yikes. And at the beginning of the operations, existence, they just dumped all of their waste into a river. Oh, they just wow. dumped all of it into the Ob River, uh, and the Ob River carried it all the way north, past Devil's Pass, all the way up to the Arctic. So, it, so this is a river that flows north instead of south. Yes, because it it yeah, that's what it says. Huh? Interesting that you just said that. <laughs> now that you're thinking about, it, but yeah, they the, <laughs> now I got to look into this. But yeah, yeah. I got I got I got to look something up. But the the river Ob was known to go to carry everything to the Arctic. So, the six reactors in this facility were used like this. It's called an open cycle cooling system, which means that it's on a lake. And this lake was Lake Kizeltash. <laughs> Kizeltash. 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 Now, what do they do with the newly irradiated water and waste mm. from these reactors? Well, they just threw it back in the lake that they were using to cool it. <laughs> so... Uh. When it started becoming too irradiated, they decided maybe they should move some of their waste this to an like open This is like a fallout plot. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, so they, they decided that maybe they should move some of their waste to an open air storage facility. An open air? That's right. The result of this, they turned a different lake, Lake Karake, into the most polluted spot on Earth. Is it still the most polluted spot on Earth? I'll get into that a little bit more, Uh but yes. (laughs) What blows my mind is that I've never heard of this before. Exactly. That's why I fell down this rabbit hole. (laughs) Well, you know, do you know what the skeptical argument, by the way, for the radiated uh, clothes is? What? Okay. Oh, I didn't know if you knew or not. I I do want you to tell Um, me because... I, it is just as infuriating as, you know, how when we have our, our episodes and I'm like, oh, and the the skeptical argument for this is swamp gas or, or owls. Um, right. The, 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 the group actually did use gas mantle lanterns to illuminate things and possibly to keep warm. And the, uh, right. the mantles that they used have thorium sprayed on them, which is very radioactive, to be honest. And that's the skeptical argument. Well, of course they're radiated. They use thorium. Here's the thing. Thorium is what's used in gun sites, and nobody gets cancer over that. And more importantly, it is so negligible that you are actually, even if you like went camping regularly, like every effing weekend for a year, you'd be exposed to less radiation from the thorium mantle than you would from background radiation, like just in normal <laughs> nature. So complete, uh, it's like right up there with swamp gas. James has wow. debunked it. Man, James. Done. James has had it with him. (laughs) Swamp gas. But, so, Lake Karake becomes the most polluted spot on Earth, and still is. Mm. So, so polluted, in fact, that the radioactive discharge in 1990, according to DC. I hate that word, discharge. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, And so according to the Natural Resources Defense Council, the radiation is so severe in 1990, this is uh, 45 years after the incident. Mm. Or no, sorry. No, this is uh, the incident actually occurred in... 1957, so... Three years before, or I guess two years before. Three, two years before, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, wait, hang on. You maybe threw me off. But Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is two years before the, the incident that occurred at the Devil's Pass. Jutloth Pass. I've gotten it down, James. There you go. So, what is that? 33 years before 1990? And the... Radiation was still so severe that it would kill a human in that. It would kill a person in an hour. An hour? Yep, the person would be dead within an hour. Jeez Louise. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So, as of to- December 2016, the lake status is completely infilled. They went and dropped concrete blocks in this thing and filled it up and then threw dirt on top. So it's been completely backfilled as of November 2015. And nobody, please it's, tell me that no one's allowed to go near the concrete dirt no, covered. Okay, no. good. And but they've also been trying to. They've noticed that there's been a clear reduction in all of the. Uh, oh, the radiate radiation is finally all the radiation starting to stuff. So clear. it's finally starting to fade, and they're looking to solve some other nuclear waste problems this way as a result of. This mm. nuclear just waste fill it up with concrete and cover it with dirt. It's the algae and and other uh, microscopic organisms that eat the radiation. It's amazing. Yeah, life uh, 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 finds uh, a way. <laughs> 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 so, so this may all seem really unrelated to Devil's Pass. Yeah, that's where I'm. Re- I'm waiting for you to connect right. the dots. But this negligence is what leads to the event. I believe. Uh oh, this is and this is Alex's really? personal theory. Yes, this is my theory. But so I believe that the this is the what I'm about to say is how the radiation got on top of the mountain in the first place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or at least maybe in certain spots. They they this is a pretty long trek that they made, so it's possible that radiation made it in one spot. Whatever. So in nineteen fifty seven, two years before the incident that we're talking about, uh the cooling system in one of the tanks that contains about 80 tons of radioactive waste, fails. And no one goes to repair it. This is, this is infuriating <laughs> me. So, what happened? Well, the temperature, not being cool now, because it was the cooling system that's failing, started to rise. <laughs> so, the resulting in a series of chemical reactions that uh, created this giant explosion with the force of about 100 tons of TNT. So powerful that it launched the 160-ton concrete lid into the air, showering the nearby area in radiation. And the plume that was released created a radioactive cloud that traveled north, 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 northeast, for a couple hundred miles. Now, I think it traveled further than that and contaminated more than anyone was willing to believe. Or anybody was willing to admit. I say that because... No one knew about the event for a 100% fact, 18 years. Dang. How many, so you're telling me that nobody died when this happened? It's just they saw it happen off of the When the explosion like, oh. happened, no one actually died in the explosion. How did we survive the Cold War period? I'm baffled. <laughs> this is purgatory. We, we died years ago. <laughs> I'm so nuts. confused So no right one now. actually died. So I'll tell you, I'll show you, I'll tell you why nobody knew for a fact. There's rumors. But no one knew for a fact it wasn't formally released for 18 years that this happened. So people were being evacuated. And they had no idea why. This time. They're just like, get out of your house. Not, not given any reasons. And some were, some were evacuated in as little as 10 days. Some took a little more time, as in 670 days before the last group of people were evacuated. Mm. Yeah. 670 days after they knew the incident occurred and they still took their time. That's so sad. Yeah. That is so sad. It was a nuclear disaster four times worse than Chernobyl in terms of the number of cases of acute radiation sickness. But Mo- Moscow's complicity in covering up its effects yeah, that's what I was say. on people's health 
has remained a secret until now. Who? How did we find out about this? Like, I'm surprised. That, I feel like I feel like we yeah. would know about this. They they just finally came out and said it, but it was 18 years later. There's there's tons of rumors. The U.S. probably found out and all that stuff. So, but here here's the thing that probably some people would be if <laughs> if they're actually looking into my facts, they're probably like, well. Devil's Pass and the site of this incident are five hundred, about 500 miles apart. It's pretty far. Right. And so the radiation would have to reach, fi- that radiation cloud or storm would have to reach 500 miles north. But when Chernobyl melted, melted down, Sweden got a reading in its atmosphere 950 miles away. Okay. So I guess it's, and they said that this was bigger than Chernobyl. In, in terms of acute radiation sickness, but oh, okay. a lot of the radiation it did put out, some say that the disaster was worse than Chernobyl, just less individuals are affected overall. Like, so I think the INS scale is like an immediate impact instead yeah. of long term. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why this is considered less of an event because it wasn't in a populated city. Okay. There wasn't a lot of people around, well, obviously, because. They're able to keep this thing a secret, secret for, a for long so time. long, or it's like I just imagine people like hearing this loud boom, be like, "What the heck was that?" And then I mean, people it. definitely felt a long, a weird boom. But this is also, this is also uh, Russia, where they go, "You did not see anything, and if you did, you're dead." Yeah. <laughs> Good lord, what is this thing called again? I need to look this up. <laughs> I need to do fact check. Fact check. It's called the Kiss Them Disaster. Mm-hmm. Kiss Them Disaster. Kiss Them. <clears throat> so. What, what, here's what I think. So don't tell me that an incident like Chernobyl that sends radiation out and someone 950 miles and probably further away, but Sweden's like right on the water. So someone even further away probably could have gotten it. There could have been a reading probably a thousand miles out. So don't tell me an incident that's similar to Chernobyl just goes 220 miles, which is what they said. They said that. So I think like Chernobyl, the radiation turned into precipitation Mm. and turned into snow, which is what happened with the Chernobyl disaster. That's how a lot of the radiation came down was in water and snow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how that came down. So you have to remember this two years later in uh, the Dylos Pass incident, nobody knew about this happening. Yeah. No one knew that this happened. So there's a very real thing that even the investigators at the time would have had no idea. That radiation, there's a possible explanation for radiation getting up there. So like that, that makes sense as to, that explains, that. I mean, that might explain the radiation. Yeah. and It and, sounds plausible to me. And you're telling me this incident that happened suddenly, that these scientists who are completely negligent in every single imaginable way are able to accurately tra- track where this cloud radioactive is gone. cloud goes? Yeah. Mm. In 1957? No. I don't buy it. I don't yeah. buy it, but I think that's <clears throat> I think that's part of the reason why they found unusually high levels of radiation up in that area because I think it just permeated that area. Now you have what a couple years worth of snowfall, yeah, and it's not as prevalent, but it's there. Man, and that's why I think there was radiation on some of the victims. On some of the victims was because of that incident. Interesting. That's definitely a theory. That's definitely a theory. I had other thoughts on why there might be radiation. Well, some people think it's aliens. I've heard that. Some people think it's military experience or experiments. experiments. What's yours? But, oh, that was basically it's experiments. They worked at a, a an institute. I can't remember. It was some type of school. Yeah, it was like a tech school. Yeah, a tech school. <coughs> so maybe they were doing some <coughs> something at the tech school. It's possible. It's very possible. And again, this is Russia. Who knows? They're, who knows what they're doing? Yeah. But, you know, James is going to have a lot of other theories for us. Right, James? Yep. Um, Do you all right. all, wait, did you huh? all buy my theory? <laughs> I, your, I'll be honest, theory? yeah, I think that's more plausible than any of the stuff I've seen on any of the skeptic sites. <laughs> yeah. Flipping swamp gas. Yeah, when Alex was doing this research, <laughs> he looked like, and I know he mentioned this too yesterday, but like Charlie Kelly in <laughs> Always Sunny when he's got... <laughs> He's got all the strings of yarn. He's like going nuts. Yeah. yeah. That's how Connect- I felt because I was like, I was on Google Maps measuring distances with my fingers because <laughs> there's no direct 
there's no direct path from this place to uh, the Devil's Pass. Mm-hmm. So I got it to a different location. I'm like, okay, so that's that's 250 miles. So that's yeah. probably about <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what he was doing. All right, James, <laughs> share share some other theories with us. We're excited to hear. Sure. Um, the the most peculiar theories, which is funny because you know you said that uh, they were going to look at those three logical ones, one of which was an avalanche. Uh, yeah. For a lot of the places I've seen that analyze it, avalanche, high winds, and animal attacks are actually crazy theories. They're like some of the out more outlandish ones because of uh, uh, the circumstances in which they were found. Uh, another the animals crazy, are? yeah, animals are because if you think about it. The, now the missing tongue of uh, uh, what was her name, Nina. Uh, Dubanina. Uh, yeah, Dubanina. I've got a sad thing to talk about about her here in a minute, but uh, her tongue was missing. That I can totally see, like an animal, like a lynx or something. Same thing with the eyes. But what's weird about that is that's the only thing they went for. That's the did only. They, did they check the nearest flagpole? What? <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Alex. I don't get it. Because you can stick your tongue to the five pole. Like oh uh, my god! <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm gonna make me. you feel. I'm gonna make you feel guilty for Dubonina here in a minute. But uh, it was anyway, like seventy years ago, people. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, another crazy theory is uh, that they they have, they bought psychedelics or some other kind of drug, and and you know romantic tensions between members balls. of the group led to violence. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of my favorite crazy ones. I mean, it, it's right up there with swamp gas. Infrasound vibrations causing them to panic. Saw, ah, and I then they run off into one. the snow and freeze. Yeah. So essentially, what infrasound vibrations are? These like vibrations that cause humans to react and like become we, have yeah. like anxiety. And stuff we've like talked that, about right? them a lot lately on the show. Yeah, yeah, we have. That's weird. Yeah. Um, That's true. And then the more outlandish uh, two, the big ones, would be that they found some kind of military outpost. Hence the radiation, hence the uh, deep injuries. Uh, you know, like in other words, the KGB got them or something. Uh, yeah. And even that—that's outlandish, but it's really not that outlandish. I mean, considering everything else we've talked about so far. And lastly, and this one, I don't buy, but just hear me out for a sec. Uh, aliens. Now, here's the weird thing about that theory. Uh, There's two details that you guys have not covered, and it makes me wonder if maybe you guys didn't stumble upon this. One, in the area, people see orange lights all the flipping time. Like, like it's one of those hot spots where people look up and they're like, what's that? And there's orange lights. And the military says that they they tested parachute mines, but – and even when those kids were killed, they could have been killed by parachute mines, but – there's not been any other evidence suggesting that. Like, there, there's no mine-marred uh, terrain or anything, which is weird. It, again, even that sounds like hmm. some sort of cover-up. Like, oh, that's, uh, we mined those kids. Don't, don't look further into it. Like, it's, it's peculiar. Now, here's the weird thing. As, as I mentioned, there's orange lights that people keep seeing in that area. The relatives of those kids, when they, when they brought them you know, home for proper burial – they swore up and down that their 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 hair had turned white or gray, and that their skin was orange. What? Yeah, see, yeah, I was I've wondering, like, orange. okay, so you, you had heard that? Yeah. Oh, you had heard that? Well, yeah, it was like an that, odd tanning that everyone kind of called it. Yeah, that's not normal. That shouldn't have happened. <laughs> uh, so that's really weird. Missing eyeballs, a missing tongue, deep deep fractures. Uh, poor Nina, Nina, whatever her flipping name was, uh, Dubonina. Man, why can't I remember? Well, it's a weird name. But anyway, uh, she had 10 broken ribs and no surface damage to her See, that, torso. That's what makes me go, what the heck yeah. happened? Because if something yeah. like hit her with enough force, I feel like you would still see some type of Right. Exterior damage. Yeah. And another another theory is, you know, well, the Monsi people, they got her. Uh, well, they, there's no record of them ever being violent to strangers. They're pretty f- chill. They're kind of like the Stami. Yeah. They're, they're like David the Gnome people. So very unlikely. But I'm going to make uh, you guys sad <laughs> and everybody else sad. Um, fun little fact. Uh, you know, it's funny. We talked about plane conspiracies and airport conspiracies before. It's interesting to note, I'm not trying to get into like psychic territory, but a disproportionate number of people 
who are booked for planes that crash get cold feet at the last minute and say, no, no, I'm, I don't want to take this flight. And they don't take that flight and they don't die as a result. Um, hmm. Well, Yuri Yudin was someone who was on that expedition and the very first day of the expedition, he's like, I don't feel so good, guys. I don't think I can do this. And he left yep. and he, he survived. He was the 10th person that left. Yeah. He survived. Yeah. Here's the sad truth. Um, Yuri and uh, Dubanina were in love with each other. And mm. yeah. And that was, you know, there's pictures of them like snuggled up and he survived. And of course, as you know, she died horrible circumstances, missing tongue, missing eyes, 10 broken ribs. He uh, he never married, and he kept the teddy bear that she gave him uh, until his death. Well, James, thanks for that. Yeah, thanks yeah. For that, James. yeah. you're welcome, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about sticking her tongue to a, uh, what was it again? A flagpole. A flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, the, the weirdest thing, like I said, flipping radiation, thorium does not cause that much uh, exposure to radiation. I think Alex's theory makes a lot more sense in that context. But the orange skin and the white hair and the bizarre injuries, like I said, okay, tongues and eyes, those are soft parts. Those are easily accessible. Birds eat eyes. Uh, a lynx would gladly eat the tongue out of uh, out of a cadaver. But they were there for, for weeks and weeks. And they were borderline mummified when they were found. So yeah. yeah, I saw a picture of a body and it was like stiff as a Yeah. So the fact that no animal took advantage of say the most nutritious organs like the liver or the thymus, nothing ate that. It's very peculiar that the eyes were missing and the tongue was missing and nothing else. Nothing. Yeah, else. it's weird. Uh yeah, I I I'm, so Six of them died from hypothermia. Three died from fatal injuries that are inconsistent with just about anything, save arguably an avalanche. But when you couple that with the strange lights and the orange skin, it, it, it only brings up more questions than answers. And presumably when they were found, um, they were actually covered with a very shallow, shallow layer of snow, like less than a foot of snow. So there, in my opinion, unless dramatic temperature changes had taken place, which there's no record to indicate that, unless that was the case, that kind of rules out uh, mummification via snow. So, I mean, really, I'm kind of baffled. I mean, we've gone through some of the, the more major theories, but it really, it's just a drop in the bucket compared to all the weird crap that happened. Uh, and bear in mind, so this was said, behind the Iron Curtain. This was when we didn't get information from from Russia at all. Nothing. And as you mentioned before, Alex, it's just now coming out, some of these details. They just started reinvestigating earlier this year, as you mentioned, Cece. Yeah. And even that, they've, they've narrowed it to three improbable <laughs> circumstances. So, yeah, I'm I'm more inclined to think that Either the USSR was doing some sort of secret weapons testing and they got in a crossfire or they stumbled on something they shouldn't have or something weird, like like weirder than what I just described, took place. I, hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure that everybody, as with everybody, I'm just left with more questions than answers. Yeah. I mean, the paradoxical undressing I get. In fact, I, yeah, I'm even willing to say I'm even right. willing to say that maybe they did get lost. They did have have struggles with you know overcoming the natural circumstances, and those who did die, the the what was it six? Yeah, six of them who died from hypothermia. Okay, we got an explanation there. They died from hypothermia, but the other three who were sub injured in very peculiar ways, and the fact that people keep seeing orange lights in the area. And the fact that their corpses were effing orange, that you can't say swamp gas. <laughs> you know, you can't say it was the thorium veils that they used uh, for the mantles of their lanterns in that circumstance. You can't say it was a flipping avalanche. So, yeah, I don't know, you guys. It's cray cray. You don't, you don't have, well, what's your leading theory, James? 
for yourself? My leading theory is, and you know, this is conspiratorial, but I, I, Russia did some weird stuff in the cold war. I think that they came across something that they weren't supposed to. And I'm not even saying that they were deliberately killed. I'm saying that they could have just been in the middle of some weird test, some weapons test. And that's what happened. Yeah. That's for me. That's kind of what, that's the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is mm-hmm. that they saw something they shouldn't have seen or they did yeah. like they were just in an area, wrong place, wrong time yeah. type thing. If some fisherman stumbled on the bikini at all when we were nuking the crap out of it, weapons testing, we wouldn't report it. <laughs> you know, my, my husband went fishing in that area. What happened? Uh, we never saw any dude like that. Uh, in fact, he said he left us a note. He said he hates you and he's running away to uh, Bali. <laughs> you know, that's what we would say. So... Yeah. I can totally see that being a cover up in that circumstance because you don't want your enemies to know the weapons that you're you're what researching. You're doing. Exactly. Yes. And yeah, they were just I think they were just uh unfortunate collateral in a cold war. I just think it's interesting that investigators just they were so secretive with everything that they found and they yeah. really just like threw all of the case files and evidence into this secret folder and wouldn't let anybody see it for years. Which tells yeah. me they died of radiation poisoning from my incident. Uh, yeah, that's Alex's, that's Alex's lead. <laughs> they would cover theory. it up. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, of they didn't have they symptoms of radiation poisoning, though. They didn't. Oh, have... that's what they didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you heard about the <coughs> catabatic wind theory, right? Or yeah. More time with that. You heard heard about the cat? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this word makes me cough. <laughs> 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 I almost did it again. <laughs> You heard about the catabatic wind? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Alex can't speak. Uh, the uh, the catabatic wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like this really strong wind hits them and yeah. kills all of them. Yeah, and it's I'm, like so strong that nobody can stay in their tent. Well, you know, like sometimes when I'm walking and it's really cold outside and there's wind. Like there was one little one little walkway on UK's campus where we went to school. And I would turn around the corners on the other side of Whitehall building. And you're like walking up that road. The wind, when you go around that corner in the yeah. winter, oh, it would yeah. hit you with such force yeah. that all of a sudden it's like I'd have trouble breathing. I don't know if that's just me or other people, but I Whoa. could see it being a strong wind. Yeah. That, well, they, they said that they – one of the theories is that they died from a bivouac shelter. Bivouac. So, <clears throat> so yeah, biv- there you go. Whatever James said. So, so some of them died from – the winds and the cold, and then the others that like got, had those injuries that you were talking about mm. died from a failed bivouac shelter. Essentially, it's a shelter made of like rocks and snow and anything they could find. It's right. a heavy shelter, and it collapses on them and kills all of them. Yeah, here's there's uh, another thing I'm skeptical about that. See, that's a mistake. That's a rookie mistake right there, making a, a faulty bivouac. They were if they had come back alive from that incident, they would have gotten the highest ranking for Soviet outdoorsmanship. Uh, level three, which means they knew their stuff well before yeah. they were basically, it would be like finding out survivor man made a lean to that fell on him like survivor man. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah I, I don't buy that one either. There seriously, you guys, 75 different theories. Yeah. That's insane. That's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of theories, a lot of speculation. And we're yeah. also all assuming that we're given honest information. As well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like now. I mean, think of all the stuff that's happened just in the U.S. over the past two years that, like, doesn't make sense at all. It's, it's the same kind of thing, except it's just an older story and a more foreign story. Wow. Russia wow, you guys. Do it. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to add to the Jitloaf Pass incident? Conversation. I blame it on radiation. Radiation. <laughs> Alex blames it on radiation. James and I are on the the KGB uh, fence. <laughs> K- yeah, KGB <laughs> military experiment fence. All right. I guess. I guess that's it for, uh, for nobody, this episode. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's in on Team Yeti apparently. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. We didn't even mention Yeti. A lot of people think it's a Yeti. I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's more likely than an avalanche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like an avalanche is almost impossible in the area. Yeah. It's from what I was reading. So I'm surprised that it keeps resurfacing as a possibility. Is yeah. it is it less possible than a hurricane? 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I still don't. I don't even know how hurricanes possible. In that yeah, area, I'm, I'm. I mean, yeah. The the skeptic arguments in this particular instance are cray cray crazier than any of the more outlandish ones. I mean, really, I, I buy Yeti way quicker than I would a hurricane in the Russian Ural yeah. Mountains. <laughs> well, you guys remember our, our Yeti episode? He could be up there, yep. but I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alex, grab our vase. We need to pick next week's episode. And I got lots of trash, lots of trash. Yeah, you know, you're you're just putting everything. Well, in you there know, now. Gwen grabbed a pair of Gwen comes around the corner the other day with a pair of scissors. Mm. I don't know where she got them from, but I put them in the vase. No, that's the only thing that's not in here is oh, scissors. Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I already picked something. Why are you going through it again? Oh, oh, cool. I I didn't think. I thought that was crossed out. All right, next week, you guys, we are talking about nephilism. What? Nephilim. 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 You just added your own letters in there. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I can't read. Nephilism. You guys, I am insanely <laughs> tired. <laughs> nephilism. <laughs> it sounds like a fetish. Oh, man. It does. <laughs> Stay this away from Tarantino, you guys. He's into nephilism. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the Nephilim. This topic was submitted to us by Sandy. Thank you, Sandy, for submitting this topic. We're going to get right on it. We're going to look things up. James is going to tell me specifically what to research, mm. and then I'm going to tell you what I'll learn. You're our favorite listener <laughs> this week. <laughs> so, cool, guys. Uh, Alex, yeah. who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, YouTube. Amazon Music, iTunes, wherever you listen to music. How many times do you say music in your... As many as possible. As many as if possible. If I could do it every other word, it's a success. You kind of do. Almost. YouTube music, iTunes music, Apple music. Did I say iTunes music? I just I just said it. Oh. All right, guys. Oh. Um, James, you sounded upset by that. That or there's a fully grown angry cat by or the maybe, microphone. Or maybe he just ate... <laughs> Or maybe he just ate a Butterfinger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, everybody, we hope that you can keep keep it it strange. strange. (laughs) Oh, boy.